You're listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest in sports betting from KC Sports Network, featuring Benny and the Bets, hosted by local media personality and betting aficionado, Benny Heisler. Let's get to the show. What's good, everybody? Welcome in. Benny and the Bets, Ben Heisler with my guy, Adam Rosenberg. I'll do a formal introduction in just a quick second, but uh, do want to say thank you to everybody who was a part of all the draft work over at KCSN, uh, everybody that got involved with parties, uh, events, uh, everybody put on an incredible show. So I wanted to salute everybody out there. And then also, if you found us on the uh, the Chiefs channel, uh, please do continue to stick around. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We're going to talk a lot of football on this channel all throughout leading up to the start of training camp and, and certainly plenty beyond that as well. But Adam Rosenberg is here, uh, one of the, the good guys in the sports betting industry. Uh, you can currently find him over at CPT Boston. Uh, he's also an advisor uh, on uh, FTN and the all of the FTN channels, uh, Chalk and Dog Communications as well. And, you know, d- depending on how late you can stay up these days, uh, you'll also find him uh, hanging out and uh, on your television or phone or computer or tablet uh, across <laughs> the season as well. Uh, how does it feel to be on like eight different communications platforms like all at one time, Adam? I honestly, two years ago, I never thought I'd be able to I'd be doing it. But it's you know, it's it's kind of wild. I I literally get I literally get to talk about sports and then hang out with my friends and talk about sports. And then tell my wife, hey, I'm going to stay up late to go talk about sports. And then watch her roll her eyes and say, cool. <laughs> so it's it's great. <laughs> and, and one of the reasons that I'm so excited to have Adam on, by the way, uh, he is an awesome follow uh, on Twitter as well and across social media at Hey Rosenberg. Um, in fact, like you've actually been kind of just giving away some, some insider secrets along the way, like continuing to have this incredible uh, home run props record. Oh, yeah. I hit another one tonight. We hit Bo Bichette. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you can send along some of that good juju to uh, Kansas City, where we'd like to see a, you know, a couple runs be squared. It's not yeah, I think the Italian, Stallion, the Italian Stallion got one tonight. Um, I, I liked him to do it last night. I, I love Vinny P. He's like probably, yeah. one of, probably one of my favorite new players in MLB. Yeah, he's... He's something that the Royals need desperately. Yeah, he's yeah. just got personality. He's great. Like, I love Bobby Witt. Like, don't give me There's a lot of Royals that I really enjoy, but like, I really like Vinny P's. He's just a personality, man. He's great. I love him. So, we'll, such we'll a talk- classic power hitter. He's such- yes, very much the classic. So, we will we'll talk a little Vinny P. We'll talk a little baseball uh, over the course of the show. Go over uh, the ways in which Adam likes to be able to collect information to someone. Uh, who's been giving out some really good advice for a long time, not just sort of in the sports betting world, but in the communications world as well. That's that's another reason why I wanted to talk to you, man. Like when I was first at BetSide, when I first got that gig, you had reached out to me. You were out with Action, a handful of other companies at the time. And what I appreciated is that, you know, there everybody in this industry talks about networking. Who do you know? What do you know? And how do you build those connections and relationships? Um and the other thing too, and I, I think this extends, Adam, to not just people in the sports betting industry, but like people trying to break into a career or profession, that they approach networking purely from a one-sided angle, which is, what can this person do for me? I'm going to reach out to so-and-so, and they're just going to help me out, and one day they'll, they'll help me get a job. What I really appreciated is that when you connected with me, it was all about what can we do for each other to raise our brand, um, raise our growth, and just make 
really good content in a wide variety of ways. And so that, that always stuck with me, man. That was always a really good way I thought to approach it. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. That's, um, what's funny is like, I started out in politics and, um, politics is sort of the opposite of how you do it. It's like really, really to the extreme of the end that you mentioned of like, what can you do for me? Like the first question that people ask when you live in DC is, uh, who do you work for? Uh, but I don't know. I, I just always kind of, I've always been really big on community building. It's just been my number one passion. And I kind of fully subscribe what's good for my friends is good for me. So that's sort of like, and, and I don't know if that's interpreted as selfish. It's not meant to be. What I mean by that is, you know, I want to see you succeed. Like I'm actually, I don't have like an agenda, like a hidden agenda of something I want. Like if I want something, I'll be like, hey, can you introduce me to so-and-so because I'm trying to do A, B, and C. But I, 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 I do the same thing when I do, when I used to do more media relations, I would talk to reporters and the way I built relationships with them was I would say, Hey, so what kind of stories are you writing on? How can I help you? How can I help you do your job better? Cause I, I just look at communications as when you're in a communications realm for role for any business that, you know, your, your job is to amplify the folks there, amplify that brand and the people that write about it, your job is to make their life, you know, easier. And so that's, that's sort of the angle that I take on everything. So for anybody that might be like trying to figure out their way, their in, their connection into the sports betting space, because I, I think both of us kind of took in a regular path there, right? You mentioned that yeah. you were first in politics, moved to different forms of communication, then ultimately found a groove and a niche and uh, a platform that that had purpose for you. You know, for me, it was wanting to be on the radio full time and, and having that opportunity to come to Kansas City and then realizing that it wasn't sort of where I wanted to be professionally. I wanted to do a little bit more. I wanted to, to have my hands in more things. And so we took these different paths into sports betting. And so I guess, is there a way in which for somebody who wants to try to enter this world, how would you advise them? How would you say, like, how would you sort of collect those thoughts and, and start building up what that resume or what that portfolio could theoretically look like? So the number one thing that I tell everybody who asks me this is that you just got to do the work. Um, and that sounds very cliche, but there is no, you have to assume that you're not going to be able to work in sports betting as your day job. Like you and I have had, have had job stops that have been day jobs that it's sports betting and like, you know, and we have adjacent jobs with it, but generally speaking, almost everybody's working in sports is doing something else from, and then they're working in sports. Right. And so the best advice that I give is to just, is to network with people just constantly that are within the industry, just become fret, figure out like who you're going to be friends with and who you're going to, and, and ask a lot of questions and, and, um, and then try to find a way to bring value. And the value that I tried to bring right away was, you know, there's always, look, it's Twitter. So everyone's bringing picks. So that's like, but that's not the value. I never wanted to be a pick guy. Um, I had the value that I tried to bring was, Hey, um, you know, so-and-so is doing something on the radio and looking for a guest and like, Hey, well, there, you know, maybe like my friend who does baseball can go and do stuff over for their thing and, and and sort of making those connections of like the like the A's that are looking for B's to dance with and just trying to do that and that's sort of what I've made as my niche and it's I just leaned into the networking of it but the advice that I just generally would give to anybody is you know do the work try to hustle for yourself as much as you can and find your advocates and and net and just network um and keep your advocates and your friends close on and, fig and figure out what your group's going to be that's going to be like your your major brain trust like you know like you like you and i are like very close friends through this and like 
I, you know, there's you and probably about five or six others that are like my guys that are like, you know, I talk to them at least once a week and it's my thing. And I think in an industry where things are very like, you know, people are very transient and like, you don't really know, like, and a lot of folks are in it for themselves. It's really important to have like your core base of folks that, you know, are going to be there for you no matter what. Yeah. There's kind of like a matchmaking to it. Yeah. You're, you're essentially the, the communications guest developer matchmaker. Uh, it's i mean think about it from a content perspective you're doing a long form show or let's say anybody that you know might be might be checking this out and wants to do their own sports betting podcast um you know so much of this also is is finding your your niche in the space too everybody wants to be able to do nfl picks but it takes a lot of damn time to go ahead and be successful doing nfl picks if you're able to find not only like the the group that works with you and will support you and not feel like one of you is going to tear each other down, but really help elevate you so that everybody else gets elevated. That That's one thing, but also finding an area and a lane within sports betting, which is such a vast market, Adam, but I don't think people truly understand that if you find something that is authentically you, that's a little bit different. That's going to get picked up by somewhere. Oh, way, way more, way, way um, more. Like, cause like I never wanted to be like, I, I, I went to, so I went to school. I was in the, I was in broadcast journalism for a day and then I quit and I did engineering. I and, um, oh yeah, I was at Syracuse. I was in New house for like a day and I hated it and I quit <laughs> and, I, and I did environmental engineering and political science. And I was told in like the environmental engineering side, like, Hey, you're too chatty to be an engineer. And I remember I told the story to Dan Sharapan <laughs> and he said, you, you would have been a terrible engineer. I'm like, yeah. And, um, and, and, and I guess that what ends up happening, you know, what ends up kind of fighting the thing I've always been really good at is I've always been really good at remembering names and faces and just kind of matching somebody's strength with another person's uh challenge so to speak and um I just kind of applied that to sports betting because no one was really doing that like no one was really going around and saying like oh you do baseball you should talk to this other guy who does baseball like oh you book things for MMA you should talk to this guy does this and I also I you know I say this all the time but I just and I sometimes will say it to folks that I just kind of, I have never been afraid to just want to be friends with anybody. Like, you know, this firsthand, like I was like, Hey, Benny, we're going to be friends. And you never really had a choice. Um, <laughs> but I'm also just, I'm never selling anything. So that's the thing. And I make that really clear. I'm just like, look, I'm not like, I, you know, I'll lend somebody, you know, my, I'll let someone borrow like my Netflix password. You're like, Oh, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. Just pay it forward. Just, I think it's just really important to just set that good example. There's a lot of folks that suck in the industry. That's like, and there's a lot of folks that suck in all the industry and they're just not nice people and, um, they'll put on their, their face and they'll do whatever. And I just, I just try to do the good stuff and just try to pay that forward. Where within the industry do you feel like we're moving to, um, like what's, what started off as a thing and is now starting to feel a little bit more stale as more and more people are having access to sports betting in the United States as well as access to more sports betting information. Where where do you think sort of the trends are going as to what we will be watching, what we will be consuming over the next, I don't know, couple of years or so? I mean, the latency, latency internet latency and, and, and that stuff's going to catch up so that we're going to be able to, like whatever we do on our phone, like whatever we do within the game is going to be linked within a live bet. Like that is just like, someone's going to crack that technology broadcast code and that's going to be done. I think that's kind of like the idea that like the why books want to have um want to have media companies and so people can bet live on them but i think what's ultimately going to happen is like picks content is going to go away 
Because the reality is, is that if everybody's doing picks, then nobody's doing picks. And um, I think what it's really is going to happen is people are going to start really leaning into wanting to use data, really going to lean into wanting to make their own decisions. And um, the companies that get people comfortable looking at their own trends, like looking at how data works, like looking at how to build their own, like you don't even have to be a mo- like a model. People, by the way, say like, oh, I have a model. Nine times out of 10, that's just a spreadsheet. And it's right. just a spreadsheet that says, here's the guys that like, like, you know, my model, I don't have my pad paper with me. My model for home runs is a pad of paper that I take notes every day when I look through certain things. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little later, but I, I think that what's going to happen is people are going to be much more into building their own things versus just, hey, I'm trusting this guy for a pick. Yeah, I I want to expand on this in just a second. We're going to take a quick break. Adam Rosenberg is with us. You can follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, a uh, handful of other places at Hey Rosenberg. In fact, uh, if you go to his Twitter page, you can go to his link tree. Uh, all of his content, all of his information is there. Uh, we're talking, uh, doing a little bit of a pivot here on uh, on Benny and the Bets today. I, I think a little bit of a different conversation besides going over plays. And, and of course, Adam's locked in as anybody. So we'll go over <laughs> plays and some perspectives as well. But uh, kind of taking a look at uh, the sports betting industry uh, from the inside out as opposed to the outside looking in. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. It's more Benny and the Beth right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right. So, Adam, you you said a couple things that kind of perked the, the the old ears up a little bit. And the first was with sort of the, the latency discussion, right? YouTube TV just became the new NFL Sunday ticket host, right? And we're talking about a streaming platform that, it, well, you can argue sort of the, the merits of, of whether or not you liked the setup or if it's better than, than what DirecTV was. But the reality is, is that if the NFL is in bed with betting companies and sports betting in general, and you're talking about a live product that is streaming a game upwards of a minute behind live action. Yeah. That's an issue. That's something that, and, and there are companies, by the way, that that have developed a lot of the technology. I know that, that Phoenix, for example, uh, is a company that's did a lot of sort of live latency tests and done Super Bowl uh, work to try and see how it appears in stadium versus how it's streamed out to the public. I, I would hope that if the NFL is seeing the value in what this provides from a betting side, that they'll work with the streaming providers to get this technology right, because they have to. Yeah, I mean, look, ultimately what they care about and what's going to happen is that they're going to want to make sure that they can sell ads as quickly as possible, because that's ultimately what's going to, what's going to happen. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is, you know, even in Vegas where they have direct ties you know, to the back of the room, it's it, everything's kind of behind. I think that what's going to happen, they're going to, there's going to have to be a lot of education about how people can live bet. Yeah. Um, and uh, while people are always constantly just looking for an edge, the reality of the situation is, is that the best time to ever live bet on an NFL game is going to be at a commercial game because that's when you know everybody's down and everybody's got the right thing. Um, but it, it is absolutely an issue um, because for the streaming end, the streaming end is like, we, like if you have, if you were on direct TV, it might be a little bit closer because you might have a direct cable feed. But on the streaming end, you're probably, like you said, a minute behind on some of these things. So it's um, like I, I mean, I'm hoping that they kind of run with that as a decision. I, it's so odd the way the NFL handles betting because they're 
they have like their zero tolerance policies on certain things, but they also have like heads of betting content. And they know that they're the sharpest sport and they know that they're the one that everybody bets on for the year. They're the one that makes every, every media company makes their money on the NFL season. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very interesting the way that this gets handled. Um, also keep in mind that like their, the, their core audience is an older, we all love football, but the core audience is actually an older audience that doesn't stream. And so a lot of this is a play to kind of expand that audience to a younger audience that, hasn't really consumed content that way, doesn't do that, and is it hasn't been into the NFL like everyone else has. Right. And, and the irony of, of it being an older audience is that, you know, they might be less likely uh, to be doing the live betting when in reality they actually have some of the greatest advantages. Right. right. And, you know, their their HT, HDTV antenna out and getting the stream 14 seconds before you get it on cable uh, and then a minute or so before you get it on streaming anyway. So. I I still have like a, a side HDTV cable that I plug into wherever I'm watching football because I yeah to, yeah not doing right. Sean yet. got me one of those too for during the pandemic. He's like bucks. the only way to watch football. And yeah, have to yes and, and yes you you get limited to the game that you're on. But if that's going to be the game that you're deciding to live bet, there there's no other way to do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, you know, but it's also just like the worst feeling in the world is hearing somebody in the other room like laugh or go oh before something else happens we're getting the notification on your phone when something happens beforehand um you know that's that's sort of the thing is that you also got to make the decision are we going to watch the games on our phones or are we going to watch the games on our tvs and that's really the decision that everybody's got to make because they're not going to be on this they're not capable of being on the same network and doing things that way like you could watch you could watch a game on Fanduel's feed or on DraftKings feed or any of the, I don't know if there's a sponsor here, so I'll name them all. But Caesars <laughs> or or any of them, um, you could watch them in their feed because it's a that's a that's the most direct link. It's how everything's being moved. Um, but I don't know if you, it's a really good viewing experience. Right. It's all about how you're going to be able to consider what works for you, right? And especially if you're if you're at the game, like we we're talking about actual advantages. Uh, being at the game itself is going to be the the utmost advantage if you're going to go that route. So that's that's one part that um, that I was intrigued by. The second part that you brought up um, was sort of the concept of sort of a lot of people dressing up their model when in reality it's an Excel sheet and you know it could be a scrap of paper. You've talked about the, the names that you write down and you kind of go through a few different data points that are available readily available to anybody online. Like for me. In the NBA and and also in the WNBA, um, first quarter bets, even just directly on the NBA site, all the first quarter information directly by team, you can split it up game by game, uh, stretches home away, um, offense and defense, really like all the same stats that are available to the NBA are also available to the WNBA. And those are markets that just aren't going to be the same type of movers as an NBA bet, um, at least not yet, even with the league gaining popularity. So you're right. Like I think the concept of dressing up this model is going to go away because, if anything, things, information, data is more transparent than it's ever been before. Yeah. So to try to disguise it like you're the God, I, I hate to use this reference because it is Kansas City Sports Network. Uh, but to dress it up like it's the the you know, damn Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> I can understand why you wouldn't want to use that reference. But that's yeah, great. that yeah that it was it was a long setup to to, to get to there. Um, to get but there. it just. People care about transparency now, much more so than ever before. The the idea of something that needs to be dressed up and us not being able to comprehend it, I, I think those days are also gone as well, which is probably why more people are going away from that type of service, yeah. leaning more towards their own findings of their own data. 
Yeah, and also just, I think, like, the rise of, like, discords and things like that. Like, people are now, like, why are you, like, I think the core thing that books and other people don't ever really get is that people, the the most influence, no one follows a pick because another guy, because a guy they don't know talked about a pick. They follow a pick because their friends are also on it or they're fading them, one of the two. Like, the number, the, the two things that anybody wants to do in sports betting is either fade their friends or back or tail their friends. There's no in-between. You either want to see the guy in your group chat lose or you want to see the guy in your group chat win. And that is the number one influence on anything that you're doing is, okay, who else is doing this and on this? And so I think like discords and group texts and things like that where people are peer-to-peer and they're able to talk about like, I'll send you stuff all the time. And, and you, used, you and I did stuff all through the NFL season. We would send each other stuff um, in college football and just having ideas. Like I trust that information because it's coming from you. Like I couldn't care less about anybody who it is on Twitter. And so that's the thing is that the rise of community is what's actually going to become most valuable within sports betting. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the, the pick services of the world aren't really aren't paying attention to what you want to do is get these people to get people that are getting things to talk to each other and, to, and do things off of each other. Like one of the, one of the, the, the two, I never used Discord, even though I worked in gaming. I worked in gaming for years, uh, like esports and that and video gaming. And I wasn't really into into Discord, but I got really into Discord for sports betting, just because it felt like being with guys that like and get and girls at a, at a at a bar or to, at just a place to be able to talk about sports. And I'm, you know, every major media company has one, and they're all they have all the channels, and you can do things. And I think that that's just the best way to kind of bounce information is to talk to people. But but all this stuff's available. Like the you know I know that StatMuse just put up a paywall, but but the secret on StatMuse is that it's actually not a, it's a text crawler. It's not a search crawler. StatMuse is is searching other people's searches that have been done. All that information the StatMuse pulls up you can get for free on Baseball Reference. You can get for free on NBA Reference. You can get it on NBA.com for free. All of their um, stat sites are completely open. They want you to play with them. They want you to do stuff with them. I think that the folks that turn around and say, hey, here's how I do this and here's how I find this are going to really rise to the top. That's really interesting. And I also think to the point of the community aspect of it, especially with Discord, sportsbooks for a long time didn't necessarily expect these communities to kind of all be fine with going up against them. Like the initial thought was, I'm going to go ahead and get this number and I don't want anybody else to get this number. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Like, yeah, yeah there, there was a gatekeeping aspect of it. Now you're saying, hey, I'm betting this number here. This is where you can get this number currently. Go ahead and I'll jump on in. Be a part of this with me. Ride the wave with me as opposed to try to secretly go around it hoping that that number doesn't move. There's strength in numbers in that sense. Yeah. Well, well we're all going against the same thing. It just it, exactly. at some point sports became... Sports only became like this adversarial thing where it's like, well, I can't win and you can't win. Yeah, sure you can. Well, I'm, I mean, like, look, I'm, if we're on different sides of something, that's different. But like, I could win and you could win. And there's a thousand different ways that we can both bet this thing. Um, also, who cares? Um, there's going to be tons of times where we're not going to be betting on the same side of things. And it's just, it's going to be fine. Uh, but, but that's the thing is that the sharing of the numbers and the information, I think that the folks that do the best, um, one of the things that like Raheem Palmer at the ringer does really well is that he um he will tell you what the number is and then what he likes a number up until and then after that he's either don't play or play the other side yeah, does that a lot of a lot of places have picked up on that trend as well but i remember raheem um a couple other guys as well the, whose names escaped me but in their content 
and I and I know that you would work with a, a couple of them over at over at uh, at Action. I think at some point too, like the the number that it's at, and the number that you play it at, um, and now you're almost seeing it all over the place because it's a really popular and, and meaningful helper along the way. Is even if you get to a game late. Yeah, and also just I think what so I think what people are going to start learning to do a lot more of is. Rather than chase the number that was given, figure out where the market bottoms and then buy the other side. And then, um, because like if people are like, hey, I like this at minus two and it goes all the way to minus seven. Well, you got to look at it as now it's the other side. It's not minus seven. Plus, here, where does the value, right? Where does the value, right? Exactly. And people are going to start figuring it out that way because the most overused term in sports betting that people have no idea what it means outside of a model. Uh, outside of model and power rankings, neither of which, like, first of all, everyone's copying someone else's power rankings. Like, none of us have real power. I, I think I power ranked uh, White Claw flavors before, and uh, and that's the only power ranking, and Transformers. You, like, power rank Transformers. Spoiler alert, Starscream's number one. Yeah, it, but um, <laughs> well, you know what it was, it was because we we couldn't do we couldn't do Mount Rushmore anymore. Right, we couldn't do Mount Rushmore. Yeah, everything out. But, but the point is, is that you know, it's it's um. That and then the just saying like, you know, it, it just becomes like a whole gatekeeping aspect of everything. It's just like these are just kind of these secrets in sports betting that like that people, no one has a model. No one has a power rankings. Uh, no one is like the only person that has that number. Just, um you know, the information is just all there. And it's just a lot of it is just kind of a, people that just feel the need to have to funnel it all through themselves versus kind of treat it like a community. Um, I think there's a lot of folks that do it very, very, very well. Like. I think that, um, you know, Sammy P um, with Nesson and with like his chicken dinner stuff, like does a really good job of combining like here's a good number with here's building community through it. And like his pod, that's why his podcast is one of the better podcasts. He does that really well. Um, like Terrell Furman does this really well and he does stuff for like SGPN. He has his own stuff on Belief. Like, it, it, like the folks that are looking at trying to bring something to community so that they can use it and then help them do something better versus better get this on this release or you're, or you're screwed. You know, it, there's a night and day difference. And the one other component I'd also add to this is that not enough places, and this is part of the reason that I wanted to do this show because I felt like so much of it was a part of what I was doing at bedside, and I still buy into what what everybody there is doing. There's no hard feelings, um, even in the midst of a of a layoff there. But I I admired the vision of trying to create easily digestible content that would not turn off somebody who had been paying attention, who has their own model, their own sheep, whatever you want to call it. Um, but just sort of being a more inclusive voice in the space. Um, I what I remember doing some initial research before I got there um, about um, female betters and how women betters at that point made up maybe 32, 33% of the sports betting population, but from a sharing in community standpoint, for all these other sports books, women were much more likely to share it with their friends, to refer them to another book because of the community aspect, because they could share their plays with their friends. They could talk about it more. There was some rooted interest together. It wasn't about trying to beat each other. Maybe root against each other sometimes, but it, there was a they're rooting against rooting against the end result is different than rooting against each other, and that's a very different thing. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. But I. I still think that's a, a missing part of this industry. It's I look, I think it's I think you're right. I mean, my sister who you've met, um, she just got into she's always big into I got her into fantasy because we needed a twelfth in our league. 
about 10 years ago and she got very very good at fantasy football um like very good like there's there's write-ups in new york post all sorts of things about her i just got her into sports betting and she's like well who do i go to who do i talk to so i introduced her to like you know um uh pam maldonado and yeah. I, and i was just like and pam was like don't trust anyone but here's some people that do whatever trust your own information she gave her the best advice and then i put my sister in like specific groups with me so that she could like lean on me and my friends to talk about stuff and i mean it's kind of it, it's that's the thing is like that first thing that she was like where she's like i'm trying to find other women that want to share stuff with me because it is so crazy male dominated and, right. um and and that i think that you kind of nailed it though and that's the thing is that people need to want to share and wanting to share is very different than wanting to tweet it's very very different and uh, wanting to share is stuff that like what are you contributing that's helping other people kind of move their move things along and better themselves I, I like that. What what you are comfortable sharing versus what you are not comfortable, what you are willing to share versus what you're willing to tweet. Yeah, because it's everyone not, also wants to charge for everything too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that always gets gets played into the mix as well. Uh, a few more minutes with uh, my guy, Adam Rosenberg. We'll take a quick break right here on Benny and the Bets with more talking a little home run props, uh, a little bit more strategy, and uh, also a couple plays as well. Stay with us. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, my guy Adam Rosenberg is back with us here on Benny and the Bats. All right, I, I teased at the beginning of the show. Uh, I also know that your time is precious because as we... Oh, are- I'm looking... I'm just looking up a couple of things so I can give some plays for tomorrow. That's what I'm... So I'm just looking it up right now. Just uh, pulling up... Pulling up fan graphs so I can... Well, I was just going to say, like... So, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and set you up for this. Uh, yeah. The fan graphs coming up tomorrow. Uh, we can maybe walk uh, walk everybody through this as well. Uh, yeah, and also I, as I was saying before, your your time is precious, man. Like as we're recording the show, you could get a text <laughs> from your wife saying, "We need to go to the hospital. The baby is coming." So it's the second one, though. You have multiple ones. The second one's a little different. Like you know, he's got it. That's the thing. Look, anyone who second one can come a little more faster. <laughs> for those, yeah, it does. That's what I have heard. So for those listening, we're watching. My wife is, my wife has been, um, the baby has been coming today, but according to my wife for the last three weeks, um, we are now past due date. So the over caches, um, and we are wildly uncomfortable and why we, I mean, my wife, uh, at wanting this baby to come through. We also have a 21 month old toddler, uh, who is very, very ready to be a big sister. Um, while also maintaining that she is the original baby. She tells everybody that she says, I'm the original baby. She's original baby. Um, but look, so any minute now that could happen. We are kind of figured it out, though. Uh, the first baby came in the middle of the fantasy football draft at the end of the summer, and we had to drive an hour and a half to the um, uh, we drove an hour and a half to the hospital because we lived in the burbs and had just moved. And, of course, had to have this baby in Boston. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, by the way. We just live in Boston. Need to make that clear. And uh, but now we have a hospital that's 20 minutes away. Uh, my mother-in-law is staying in the guest room. We're a little bit ready for this one. You know, I've made the joke of like, oh, if we have this one like downstairs, whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, we're not going to do that, though. It's going to be fine. Uh, but yeah, we are we are we are we are ready for for this to happen because I've right now my summer is bookended by by my kids. <laughs> yes. Full on full on just discourse for everybody. That's uh, that absolutely big- nor is the last week of August and. It's looking like my son will be, you know, mid-July, the first weekend. And by the way, July is my anniversary. It is my wife's birthday. 
It is definitely at some point going to be my son's birthday. Uh, it is Mother's Day. It is going to be an expensive month for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? At least it's a it's a decent non betting month. It is a it's a de- it's a very decent non betting month. You can uh, save not savings from June, pour it into July for for all the birthdays and activities. Absolutely, absolutely. And Nora's easy because like she's like a summer baby, and so kids aren't around anyway to go to the poor. I'm sorry, Nora, but kids aren't ever going to come to your birthday party because you're pre Labor Day. Let me know her um, reaction when she watches this, because this is really going to break her heart. She would probably will. She'll probably say, that's dada. And then she'll point to you and say, another dada. That's what she does. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's what my two-year-old has been doing recently, is uh, he knows that my friends are the, the daddies of the other people. So he just refers to them as daddy, as opposed to their actual name. I love So that. nobody's confused. Let's let, I do want to talk about home run bets, though. Yeah, let's do it. For the concept of creating a model or having these different figures at the end of the day it's about sort of finding the matchups and, and i'm curious to just we've talked about it before but for anybody that's new to this uh take us through when you are looking for a home run prop where you started and what you are looking for yeah so um so just so everyone knows the baseline I don't care as much about like the number and stuff like that. I know a lot of folks are like, oh, you got to do this to get value. At the end of the day, like we're literally talking about darts. Like, <laughs> so I just, what I'm trying to do is find what is the best version of this dart. Um, so the first thing I do when I was doing this during the break, I uh, I sort through um, who are pitchers that have ha- given up a lot of hard contact over the last, I do it always for two weeks because hard contact basically means that regardless of what's happening behind them, that what is in their control, which is the ball leaving their hand, um, batters are able to make contact with it hard at a consistent rate. Hard contact on a ball means it's going to likely get out of the stadium. There are weather factors, all sorts of things like that. But I try to whittle it down to, like, who are the guys over the last two weeks, which is generally about two and a half starts. Um, There's at least two starts. Um, Could be three. Um, And how are folks doing? So what I'm doing, and and fan graphs, free, by the way, uh, I sort this every day at night and I look at it. Um, there are some folks, uh, Rob Donaldson, shout out to him, who's taught me a ton. He does this every Sunday and he kind of does K, uh, K rates and stuff. Anyway, the point is, is that I'm just seeing like, okay, like, you know, I see the top of this is like, you know, uh, Dylan Cease, uh, Hunter Brown, you Darvish, a lot of folks that also you think like are really, really good. And just because they're good doesn't mean they're not giving up hits. So I look at this. Um, and then what I do is I compare it to tomorrow um, who is starting. And so I believe, yeah, here's a good example. Peyton Battenfield, who is on the Cleveland Guardians, uh, he has the, of the last two weeks, he has the fourth highest hard hit rate uh, amongst all starters. He is starting tomorrow uh, against Eduardo Rodriguez on Detroit. So by the way, I actually like really like Detroit in this situation. Um, just I think he's really good. He's a lefty. I don't know the splits on Cleveland, but uh, this is, to me, it's a pitching mismatch. What I will then do, I will take this, I will then go into the Tigers uh, batting, and then I'll sort their batting from the last week from batted ball, hard hit rate. The, basically the same kind of idea. And, and I'm still doing right? this through, through fan graphs? I still do this. I do some fan graphs. There's like multiple ways. This is the easy way to do it. The easy way to do it is like you do this through fan graphs. You see who's hitting, kind of match it up. If you want to go an extra layer, and this is like really gets fun, on Baseball Savant, you can actually look at what pitchers are, what their most of their pitches are. Um, and so if I find, I haven't looked at it, but Peyton Battenfield, let's say that his number one pitch that he throws 70% of the time is a four-seam fastball. You can look and look on the other side at guys 
how they perform against four seam fastballs. I'm not going to say, you know, let's say uh, Javi Baez. Like, let's say if Javi Baez bats 140 against four seam fastballs, I'm not going to recommend him really for any play because the number one pitch that that his opponent is throwing all the time isn't something that he hits. But I will look and try to find somebody who does hit that really well. I'll look at where Battenfield's giving up the most fly balls. I don't even look at a guy, honestly, if he's giving up tons of ground balls. If you're giving up a ton of ground balls, doesn't matter because that's too much field in play. Like what I want is guys who are giving up line drives, guys that are giving up fly balls because those can either get out for double, those can become doubles, or they can get out for home runs. So I look at that, try to match it to where folks on the other side are hitting the ball out. You could sort all this on baseball savant. Um, and then that's how I kind of write some notes of like, okay, here are the guys that kind of catch my eye. But the way I whittle it down so that I'm not boiling the ocean of just looking at every single player is I first start at Fangraphs and I look at who are the pitchers that are really not doing great right now. And then I literally circle those because those are the games I'm going to go after. And then who are the hitters that are doing really well right now? And I circle those so I can go after and then bring that together because otherwise you end up with far too many plays um, and you don't want that. No doubt. And, and I also think if you're even looking for a few other ways to maybe potentially simplify it as well, um, in addition to hard hit rate, you can also look at home runs per nine uh, from a lot of these pitchers that are going out and then be able to sort it by home and away. So if you know that, um, you mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez, are, are the Tigers home or away tomorrow? They're, uh, they are uh, away to borrow. And I have to no, look at his, his, like his splits. So, I mean, like, you know, you look at his barrel rates and stuff like he's, he's been very, very, he's been elite. He's actually been really, really good. Payne Maddenfield's barrel rate, 17.9%. Like, I actually love this game. Um, his fly ball percentage is 32. This is actually, we have capped actually a fantastic thing here. I'm looking at, what do we got? What's his, he throws a four seam and a cutter. Like we could find, who do we find on Detroit that can hit really well? I mean, this is a, this is a gold mine that we just found. This is actually, for people that are listening right now, this, this is going to be the game that's going to have, there's, Vanville's going to get murdered in this game. (laughs) These numbers are accurate. So, um. So, you know, now what I'm doing right now is I'm looking on Detroit at who has been hitting a lot, who has been hitting well lately. Um, and I always do that by, I sort it by batted ball. Uh, I sort by hard contact rate because I only really want the guys that are really making good contact. Um, and by the way, this is a uh, a second place team, these Detroit Tigers. Uh, it looks like, it looks like a lot of guys on the team are mediocre. So, we aren't a lot of power that you they're mostly on so they don't have high hard hit, hard hard hit percentage they have very high mid percentage which basically means that these guys aren't really getting home runs but these guys are probably are making good solid contact um the 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 candidates are you know former philly matt veerling um but i want to point out he's a former philly uh riley green uh and spencer torkelson um are are the candidates and i will basically look at these guys on um at, what is it on um uh baseball savant and i will see hey does like special torkelson hit a four seam fastball really well and it looks like he does so this is uh look at this we found who our kind of guy is over here four seam fastball oh no he doesn't he hits 190 well the point is is that that's how you kind of do it i wouldn't pick i wouldn't pick him i you know like let's see how he does against the cutter he does all right against the cutter i wouldn't do him but I, I try to find a guy on there, and if it, unless it's like all the things are popping, I try not to do it as – it doesn't have to be a home run. I try to look at it as a total basis, and I'm really looking for plus money across the board. Like, that's what I did for all my plays today and things like that. And, you know, I hit one home run, but all the other things were 
like an RBI or something like that. You shouldn't. There's there's so many ways to bet these guys that you don't need to lay juice to bet a home to bet a hitter's prop. Yes, and and the other thing too, and and this kind of goes without saying. After like I said, if you're gonna take the time to do that type of research anyway, you might as well shop around. Like don't just yeah. get complacent in, in finding the number that's available, or maybe you have a free bet. If if one book is offering it at, at plus five fifty, but the other one happens to be offering it at plus six eighty five. Like, yeah, you got the free bet over there, but you always take advantage of the better number, especially in a dark throw. If it's that wide, we're, if it's 550 for 560, then then fine. Who cares if you're betting, you know, 15 bucks, but always, always continue to shop around. And I, I hope that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and certain sites are going to have different things. Don't bet home runs on fan. Here's a tip. Don't, uh, I won't name the, I won't name the books, but don't, there's a book that does promotions four home runs on Tuesday, Digger Tuesday. Those numbers on those home runs are not great. The idea with those on this specific book, and you know it if you go to it, the idea is to pick the game that has home runs that in, in it because that's how you actually unlock the activation. doesn't matter if your guy hits a home run in that. There are other books where you will have good numbers for the actual home run. Yes. Use Digger Tuesday to unlock games where a lot of home runs are going to be hit. That's, yes. my, that's my tip. So... There you go. Um, but also just like ask questions. Like I also like I'll put out stuff and I always say like people can say like, well, why do you have so-and-so? Like, I think a couple of weeks ago I had like Jorge Mateo and he was plus 1100 did home run. Someone was like, why the heck do you have that? And I said, because this is last 10 at bats. He's hitting the ball 104 miles per hour off the bat. Like he's going to eventually hit one out of here. And he did in his last at bat. It was incredible. Like, like everybody who took that play, it was just like, you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. It was amazing. Um, like, you know, 10 bucks into 110. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's the thing. Like, ask questions. And people generally should want to answer and want to help out. Yeah. And, and that's why hard hit rate is such a good stat, too, because they may, if, you're, if you're looking purely at just the actual home runs, it may not come through. If you're looking at weighted on base average, which is a stat that I love, you, you're not getting the full story because they might have hit into a bunch of hard outs. Um, yep. or, or, or if the home runs weren't there, maybe those were doubles off the wall. Like there's, there's so many different things to be able to consider there that just looking purely at whether or not they have the home runs to go along with it is something that I think you always need to make sure that you keep an eye on. Um, all right. Anything else, Adam? I, I know that there's obviously a million things that, that we could continue to talk about and again, <laughs> time is precious, but are, are you looking at anything NFL futures market wise or who do you have? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I got NFL futures. Yeah. I, by the way, while, while we get, take a look, Matt, Matt Veerling is the guy to hit tomorrow for home run. He's batting 321 against four seam fastballs. And he's, um, against cutters, which is uh bad second pitch batting 273. I like Veerling, like find his total bases over plus money. Um, uh, maybe an RBI. Uh, I can't remember where he is in the batting order, but sprinkle on home run. Like, this is that's those are great pitting metrics. Um, he was he was plus nine fifty tonight against Cleveland. So you're talking about a guy that's that's probably going to be incredible value. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, also keep a lot of those are like weather related, but like yeah, he's um look he he eats what this guy he eats what he throws. Um, and he's um his exit velocity is good. Yeah, Matt Verling. Matt tomorrow's Matt Verling day. We know this. All right. Um, more right. <laughs> So, um, uh, uh, NFL wise, and I got to credit Sean Green at SGPN for this. Um, I am actually buying the Rams. Um, I buy the Rams in the NFC West. Uh, let me take you through this. 
The Niners are starting Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold ain't it. I don't I don't want to have to contribute any more to this that part of the conversation. Sam Darnold ain't it. And if that's who you're saying this is gonna be your guy for your championship window, fine. Um the Cardinals are clearly are also tanking. Uh the their win total set at four and a half. So I can safely put them in last place. Um the uh, keep in mind the Rams win total is seven and a half. So there's a pretty wide gap of what they're how they're being power ranked. Everything that could have gone wrong for the Rams last year went wrong. And they're plus 650 to win that division. So if you put it up against, let's say that the Niners aren't going to win that division. Uh, the Seahawks and Geno are plus 250. Solid bet, solid angle. But do they regress at all? Did do, you, do did the Seahawks possibly just do well against mediocre teams? And they didn't really do a lot in the second half of the season. Is Broadway Geno it? I, we call A lot of us call him Broadway Geno because when he was a Jet. I, that's not even a me joke. That's a Sean Hardy joke. But I love, I, I call him Broadway Geno. Um, I love him. But the thing is, just remember a lot, like one, I think the best move of the offseason that no one paid attention to was that the Rams picked up LaFleur as their, Matt LaFleur as their offensive coordinator from the Jets. It was un- inexplicably let go from the Jets to replace him with Nathaniel Hackett, which was very silly to me. That is key because one of the big things that the Rams had problems with was on was moving the ball consistently on the offense. They got decimated by injuries worse than any other team in the league. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Plus 650, I really like it. And so I'm looking at that and I'm looking at an exact division finish order of um, the Rams, Rams, Seahawks, Niners, Cardinals at 13 to 1. Um, and the way that I tipped off that this might be a good bet is that when you flip Seahawks and Rams and you flip it so that the Seahawks are in first place, it's only 15 to 1, which basically is telling me that books are seeing the Rams and the Seahawks is actually closer to a coin flip when everything moves. Yes. You then change everything around and you move the Rams to last place and the Niners to second place, it's 25 to 1, which is telling me that the Niners are actually the delta in this entire – the uh, Rams are the delta in this entire situation. Um, so uh, they're – you know, like the, the odds doubled literally of, of what we saw as a conceivable outcome simply by moving the Niners to last place. So um, I, I like that 13 to one, like I'm, I'm shipping this one now, I'll probably be shipping it all summer, but 13 to one of an exact order of Rams, Seahawks, Niners, Cardinals, and Rams for the division at plus 650. <laughs> really, really strong play that I'm going racing to um, afterwards. And by the way, um, again, like Adams, the Boston area, they, they just uh, over a couple of months ago, uh, Massachusetts legalized sports betting. So we, I think we still have a few more options. I, I'd have to double check this as to whether or not Kansas still has more options. But I will tell you that for anybody that is with us on the show today, one book currently has them in the Kansas area at uh, at seven to one. And because I would love for us to be right, I'll just say that that book is Barstool. I wouldn't mind taking Barstool's money uh, in this it's scenario. It's fine. Yeah, they're 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 a comedy book, and they usually have usually have pretty slow lines. So like you can take advantage of them very easily. Seven to one. Right now, for the Rams to win that division, I oh, okay, don't that, 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 take that. Um, but that's definitely worthwhile uh, in, in considering as well. God, Rams, I, of all the different plays, and you always think about uh, how th- how the season turns around and flips around. I, the Rams was were not one that I considered, so I'm really, really glad that you brought that into the fold tonight. That was good stuff, Adam. Um, obviously, thank you. It's great to talk to you. It's great to catch up. It's always good to to be able to shoot the shit with you. Uh, and tell the people where they can find your work, where they can find your uh, information, your knowledge, everything. Bring that- 
Um, well, I work at Chalk and Dog, but there's not much there. Uh, Chalk and Dog is a, a sports betting comms agency, but you can find me at Hey Rosenberg across the board. That's I'm consistent. I'm on that. Um, and you can also find me at FTN. Uh, and sometimes I'm on, I'm on SGPN's uh, podcasts talking MLB, or I talk hockey, or I talk basketball, uh, mostly hockey and baseball. So, um, yeah, you know, it's always finding me around. Just reach out. Yeah, and, and he'll be awake because uh, he's going to have a, another newborn in the house. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, you know, as, as he's rocking uh, this, this this baby to sleep, I uh, love his uh, hand open, got uh, the game on, and... Uh, you know. That is the story of putting Nora to bed is putting in a pick while it happens. Yes. Yeah, l- listen, if, a lot of people say men can't multitask. Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen a new dad try to be able to watch the game, feed the kid? We we can do it. It's just whether or not we really want to do it. In these scenarios, we have to do it. Yeah, I mean, like, like like my wife doesn't get it, but I'm like, I can multi, I can do all this. I can do this with three different hands. Um, yeah. So, no, this is good. That glad you had me on. Thanks for having me. All right, enjoy the newborn. Great to talk to you. Uh, special thanks to Adam Rosenberg. Also, a thanks to Jordan Foot, our executive producer. Here on Betty and the Bets, we will do this again next week. And until then, may all of your best bets hit, and we'll do this again soon. Be good. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.